So You Think You Want to Work in TV is brought to you by you. That's right. You guys support this podcast, and I rely on your donations to keep this train a-going. So please, go to so you think you want to work in TV.com, click on that upper left-hand corner where it says Donate, and make a one-time donation, or visit our Patreon and become a monthly subscriber where you will absolutely get exclusive content. So uh, become a supporter, won't you? You know you want to. This person that I interviewed is one of my BFFs. His name is Taha. That's right, Taha. T-A-H-A. His name is Taha. Taha House. He's the best. And he is a supervising producer on shows that you guys love to watch. Are you ready? Home renovation shows. Yep. He works on those fix them upper shows. And uh, specifically, all of the House Hunters shows. House Hunters International. House Hunters Kansas. House Hunters Los Angeles. House Hunters. There's lots of house hunters. I'm not sure how many there are, but he's worked on all of them. And it's interesting how he he started working on uh, talk shows, but somehow got into the home renovation space. And it's been his, been his bread and butter for quite a while. So really interesting to hear about the process of those shows and, you know, his journey to house hunters. So um, I think you're going to dig it. If you love the podcast, become a patron. What are you waiting for? everyone's doing it. Go to patreon.com slash want to work in TV and throw a monthly donation up on there. You can even donate a dollar a month. I don't care. It's about making you feel good. Do you know what I'm saying? All right. On that note, I want everybody to feel good when they hear my conversation with my pal, Taha House, supervising producer at Pytown Productions. My guest today is my very good friend and a supervising producer. God damn it. It's Taha House. Hi, Taha. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. I've been trying to get Taha on the podcast for how long now? A year? Oh, God. I feel like it's it's going on at least, it feels like almost two years now, and I've constantly pushed it off. So That's right. I'm glad I made it. Rude. <laughs> I'm so glad you finally made it. And I wanted Taha to do the show because Taha... Taha worked on an iconic show, and then the way that he's, the trajectory of his career is very interesting because it went in a different direction, but he worked on an iconic show, and we're going to get to that, but first I want to ask Taha, because I've known Taha since, we've both known each other since we were children. Yeah, forever. <laughs> forever. Do we say the actual year? Or no, do we, we don't. The, yeah, no, let's, let's, keep let's keep it quiet. Let's keep it hush, hush, hush. <laughs> um, we, we've known each other uh, since we've had hope, back when we had hope. <laughs> <laughs> Long gone. <laughs> Long gone. <laughs> did you always know when you moved to New York City, because we both were in New York at the same time, did you know you wanted to work in TV? Actually, I didn't. I my uh, Initially, I went to college and I wanted to be in sort of in the business world. So I, I was a business major and I minored in public relations. So I wound up getting my first job at Ralph Lauren in PR. And that actually was what led me into the TV world, believe it or not. Oh, wow. The stylist for Sally Jesse Raphael, which I'm giving away the iconic oh, person. Oh, so ups, great. Ups. I'm so excited. But the stylist for that show did a lot of, uh, she borrowed a lot of clothing from Ralph Lauren. And because I was doing PR there, she and I hit it off. And the rest basically is history. I started working there. But uh, it was actually funny because she was such a sweet woman and she was like, gosh, you don't really seem like you'd be a person that would be working here. Like, you'd be great in television. Have you ever thought about that? And I'm like, oh, maybe if they need someone in PR, it's Sally Jesse Raphael. If, if it opens up, I'd do it. 
and I wound up um, doing PR at Sally first. What, uh, what's the difference between the hours of working in PR and in working in television? Oh my God. Well, it depends on what type of television, but television specifically in the talk show world, the hours are crazy. Crazy. They, they are insane. In PR, they're long and, you know, you, you, you find yourself working late hours, but typically it's, it's closer to a normal business hour. In television, as you, you know, it can go like, I mean, there were a lot of times where we were there until like almost 11 o'clock or sometimes at midnight. Luckily, the company I worked for, like they were very generous. They would have car services that would take you home if you were working late. They took care of dinner. They even installed like a, like a little gym thing place where you could work out in the building. But the hours were ridiculous. A lot of times you'd have to come in on a weekend to work. There was, a, I, I'll never forget, there was like a uh, a Saturday when there was like a plane crash or something and we had to come into the office and start trying to book family members for that plane crash. It was awful. I know, but, but yeah, the hours are hectic and long, but, uh, but worth it. You loved it. After, at the end of every show, you always said like, God, this was amazing. The show turned out great. And those long midnight hours, they were all worth it all. So good. Well, for the audience members that are too young to remember Sally Jesse Raphael, she is an icon of the 90s. Uh, and she was famous for her red rimmed glasses. Mm. Like they were like, what would you call those frames? Because they're kind of making a comeback. They right are. Now. I actually, it's so funny. I saw someone just recently on a flight. I'm like, God, she's got the Sally Jesse glasses on and she's like a millennial, but they look great and perfect. But um, I don't want to say they're not like a that's not a horn rimmed. I don't even know. They're not even horn rimmed. Like, like, yeah, the, I don't yeah, even they're know. Sort of like a, just a big large oval or circular size shape but yeah that that's that's hot again so go get your red glasses okay <laughs> i just remember when we were younger like because mtv also gave you car like i feel like that was i don't know if they still do that but that was like no. the norm in new york city when yeah. you worked late you got a you got a voucher and you could call the number and a car would come, come get you and, get and take you. you home yeah um especially if you worked after 11 p.m you got a ride home right. you didn't have to get on the subway yeah um they probably still do it i'm not i, I mean out here in california i don't Oh, no, I've almost killed myself <laughs> twice driving home. Exactly. I once got in a car accident <laughs> driving home because I was so tired. No, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, I was leaving the Fox lot, and I ran right into this woman's car. Oh, wow. And she was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine, and I'm so sorry. I'm t I'm really tired. She was like, well, let's just, we can do this under the table. I go, no, that's why I have car insurance. So we're going to file a claim. Uh, and, right. I mean, it was my fault, right. but I just, I, and, you know, yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah. I hadn't slept in two days. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a, crazy. It's different than on the East Coast, which even that work ethic, ethic is very different on the east coast and in the world of talk like oh in the I, world mm, are you sure to me it feels like i don't know i feel like they seem to work a little bit longer and harder on the east coast but then out here I, I, it depends on the show because i've yeah. worked on i've worked on a couple of court shows and one talk show where i literally was never home i would oh, get home really? at one in the oh yeah ah. i would get home at one in the morning okay i would start doing tequila shots wow. i would cry listen to steely dan and go to bed and have to be at work at nine the next morning and i didn't have a day off in 30 days oh wow mm -hmm. okay well maybe because of the ones that i worked on on the west coast were uh sort of like they were either on a lot or they they weren't the sort of real people kind of uh talk shows like it was right when they're when they're celebrity it's easier yeah. when it's real people you're fucked okay so then i haven't experienced it so if you 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 know more about it than i do uh, yeah. on the west coast so i would say what would you compare i would say it's safe to compare sally if people want to know 
if they've never seen Sally, what would you compare it to that's on the air now? I would say Dr. Phil. Probably like a Dr. Phil. Because it's a conflict resolution. E- e- more or less, exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, I Not think... as dark. It was more like weight loss. I'm struggling with my weight loss, Sally, Jesse. Will you, was it, what... Well, hers were, you know, it, when, when I first started, uh, and, and actually before this, I was trying to remember the exact year, but I, I think I was on the show for about five years, so... And this was on the mid-90s. So let's say in the mid-90s I started. At that time, it was a lot more like the Dr. Phil self-help. And Sally in particular really wanted to do a lot, you know, to sort of uh, motivate people and women and, and empower people. She actually, I think, you know, at, at that time, uh, she came right behind uh, Phil Donahue. So oh, she, yes. she was sort of in that mindset. Like I wanted, she was thinking of herself, I guess, if you would, like as a female Phil Donahue, and she she really did a lot to try to help people. But the shows that occasionally we would do that wound up being sort of the wild teens or who's my, you know, who's the dad of my child, those kind of shows, they rated really well. And uh, the network and I guess everyone picked up on that and saw, like, these are doing great, more of those. So we wound up doing more and more and more of those kind of sort of wild, crazy... Like Maury type stuff. Those type of shows, which, you know, they it... it, it it was great, and, and, you know, people loved it, but those were the insane ones to work on. I mean... Well, that was the time of, like, when... Remember Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. That yeah. was the best talk show in the world. Yeah. And when I moved to New York, I met this girl named Diana Lewis, who's now uh, an attorney. She's a DA in the Bronx. Because uh-huh. she said, fuck TV. She was like, I'm going to law school. <laughs> fuck this. Right. She, was, she was... I wish I had followed in her footsteps. So she... <laughs> She worked on the Robert Downey Jr. show. That was her first, or was it Morton Downey Jr.? Was Morton Downey Jr. Morton, Morton Downey Jr. Robert was Robert Downey Jr. is an actor. Yeah, Morton, Morton Downey, Downey. Yeah, Morton Jr. Downey, Morton Downey Jr. Jr. Okay, Sorry. okay, okay. Morton I know. Downey. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who knows those shows is probably like yelling, Sharon, it's she, not that's Robert. That's the wrong show. It's yeah. Morton. <laughs> Morton Downey Jr. show was the best show on television. It was uh, crazy as crazy. fuck. It was like the OG Jerry Springer. Exactly. And so when I met Diana, she was working on Letterman. And, and we were talking, and she's like, oh, I used to be a producer on the Morton Downey Jr. show, and I like my head exploded. I was so excited. Whenever we would go out around Manhattan, because she would book all the crazies. Oh, wow. So we would go out in Manhattan, and we were walking by this strip club called Flash Dancers. I don't even uh, think it's there anymore. Yeah, okay. We walked by Flash Dancers. There's a midget. Uh, working the door and she's like oh hey little Jimmy and he's like oh. hey Diana like she knew every Everybody. little person yeah. she knew everyone with one eye everyone who could like put you know any kind of freak circus freak show weirdo she knew them she all she knew them all I, I love mean, it it was just such a colorful life but yeah. that was and I feel like that's Sally you know it started Sally and Maury yeah they were influenced by the ratings of Morton Downey Jr. yeah and people wanted that during they the day they wanted more of that yeah no that's exactly what happened and more people wanted to see that like you're saying about this woman with passing strip clubs i wound up knowing all the drag queens in in you know new york because a lot of the shows we wound up doing like each producer wound up having a sort of a forte like something that they specialize in and we wound up being the ones that my producing team that dealt with a lot of the drag queens so i knew a lot of them as they were coming up so i would go to any bar and get right in like oh it's taha he works on sally let him in he's gonna get me on the show (laughs) or i knew a lot of the people who were like the you know the 
I, well, not new, but the other uh, area that we specialize in were the, the who's your daddy? And, and so I, I knew every paternity expert in town. So, you know, if anything ever comes up, Sharon, I know some people on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's interesting when you deal with DNA cases yeah. or, you know, DNA guests, because the DNA tests are not cheap. We no. just get them because we do kind of like a trade out and they that, do it for us at a discount. Yeah, that was exactly it with and our did show. Did you ever have a problem? Because I had this problem. A lot of my people, I would schedule the DNA test in their hometown before they flew out to mm-hmm. us. Exactly, yeah. And some of them would not show up. Or oh. the baby daddy wouldn't show <laughs> up. Like, baby daddy would not show up at all. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I forgot you did those too. Yeah. Yeah, no, we had a, a lot of those. And what was another uh, area that we specialized in? I think towards the end, the producer, the producer I worked with, um, her name was uh, Christina, she, we started to wind up doing, I think we were feeling a little uncomfortable about some of the subjects and some of the... Oh, I felt terrible about it. You felt awful about awful. it. So we wound up doing a lot of the surprise, you know, make a wish type things or like oh, cute. all the real positive ones, which we like doing. But of course, you know, every so often they'd say like, can you do another, you know... Something crazy like Ku Klux. I'm. I want to be. I want to be in the KKK. Yeah, that. that. (laughs) And I'm Asian. Uh, Like that's what they want. That's the twist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one of my. Oh, I have so many crazy ones that that I dealt with. But that just reminded me. One of the weirdest ones that I had was I'm in love with my uh, sister. And so we used to do these little packages where you had to like sort of, you know, the little pre-show. Or oh, be- yeah, the stuff that you shoot, yes. Before oh, the actual stories. episode. Yes, yes. And so I had to sort of coax the people like, okay, this is your sister. So I know you two are in love. Let's get a quick kiss before the show. And <laughs> there was one like they're just making out in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm standing here videotaping a couple making out. And it's his sister. <laughs> it's, it's, it was weird. But. We, we used to have to do it for divorce court. I, on the Fox lot, there's a, there's a, there's a park across the street right. on, on Pico. So we would just take a camera and go across the street yeah. and go, okay, now I want you to sit on the bench and just look off into the distance. Dis- yeah. Now I want you to look at your phone and then look over to the right. Exactly. So we, and then you'd cut it together. And then it was, sh- yeah. Yeah, we had those. And it was, I felt like it was just reminding me too. Wild Teens, that was the other one. I had some more. 13-year-old girls dressed like prostitutes that I've ever seen in my entire life at Sally. Like, I had to work with those crazies at every show. But How often did you lose a story because people would not get on the plane? Um... It would it would it happened quite a quite a few times. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember like a specific number, but we did have a lot of scares where you before the show you sort of knew which who was going to be in the first segment and second and third or whatever. And there were those cases where if someone didn't show up at the airport, so we'd have to slide everything up and and move them around. Um, but they. They had, and I, I'm blanking on the details, but they did have a, a really good system t- to ensure that people were going to show up, and they sort of worked things out, but worked worked it out. But it was you, you that it happened often. There were yeah. a lot of scary moments, even down to the details of like getting the car to the hotel. Like was like everything was orchestrated and and really like planned out because there were people who wouldn't even show up at the car the next morning, or you'd have to have someone waiting outside the room in the morning to grab them to get them there. So. It's oh, I I did that many times. Did you? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've even had people where I got the I bought them teeth, and then oh. after they got their teeth, they were like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do not the show." Do it. And I'm yeah. like, "Well, you're going to give me back the teeth." Yeah, you're probably like me that you knew dentists that could quickly do so the guests would show up and you're like, "Oh, you have one tooth. Well, this <laughs> isn't going to work." So you'd have a dentist that was on call that was ready to like get those flippers ready to yep. slip them on and get them looking good for the show. And yeah, so 
there was there was a lot of that and even hairstylists we had to have like a hairstylist to get a lot of them done oh yeah and one of the worst and grossest stories we had like a, a really nice hairstylist that we worked with not nice person but like a upscale kind of place we sent a woman and he called us and said I'm sorry but we're not going to be able to work with this woman because I actually see the lice hatching before my eyes. She has so <gasps> much in her hair. Oh no! Yeah, there, there was. It's like there was, there were people that had like a lot of like things going on. That <laughs> well, there was one time uh, where the hairdressers like literally said, "We won't work on this show anymore until you tell people to wash their hair before they come here." Yeah, yeah. Because they wouldn't wash their hair. Yeah. And they'd go, "Oh, I want you to give me a blowout." So the hairdressers would give them a blowout, and so the entire dressing room hallway, the makeup and hair room, smelled like death. Oh. It smelled oh. like burnt <laughs> hair. It just smelled like dirty, burnt hair. Oh. And it was the worst smell, and I was like, is this what death this smells like? This is what like? death smells like. I'm, this is, I'm in hell, basically. Here's glamorous showbiz, everybody. Uh, yeah, it was really awful. And yeah. We were like, you have to, if you want us to do your hair, you have to wash your hair. Yeah. And if they wouldn't, we would put wigs on everybody. We uh. had wigs. I, I mean, I we have wigs of every shade, shade yeah. color, length. Yeah, all of it. Old yeah. lady wigs, young girl wigs. Yeah, all of those. I used to always wear the one in the in the dressing room that look, made me look like Kim Zoliak, <laughs> and I would walk up to her <laughs> and go, "Don't be tardy for the party." <laughs> <laughs> or we had some of the people who didn't want to be recognized, so we had to have the wigs and sunglasses to like give them a little disguise. Oh yeah, we had that, and the and the facial hair, the mustache, the mustache, and everything. <laughs> and then you know the producer side of me, I'd, I'd walk into the green room, Betty. Where's Betty? Oh my God, that's you! I didn't even recognize you with that <laughs> wig and those sunglasses. Jeez, oh Betty! <laughs> and they would go, "Wow, they really don't know who I am." <laughs> Good producing. Yeah, oh so after, so you worked on Sally. Then what was next for you? For you after? Well, you have two or three funny stories you said. Well, I had, yeah, Sally? I had a few. Well, it was just all the sort of tying in with the crazy yeah. guests and everything that you see, but. I just remember there were a couple moments that really stood out, and and one of the funniest was we wound up having a lot of like Ku Klux Klan members, and the way the the halls of our offices were structured, so the green room was in one area, but sometimes they would have to move them to like um, another section of the building to keep them separated from like so they wouldn't see each other. Yeah, until they the wouldn't show. see yeah. other people for the show. And I remember there was one particular day where they had, I guess they had the Ku Klux Klan members in one area, not far from the kitchen area where you microwave and, and cook it, heat up everything. Ironically, that one day I had decided to bring fried chicken to work. <laughs> so I'm walking down the hall and for the, guest, the audience who doesn't know, I'm, I'm African-American. So, so <laughs> I'm walking down the hall with my fried chicken in hand and I pass by two hooded Klan members and they're like, oh, you got your fried chicken for lunch, I see. Not a surprise or something ridiculous and stupid, but but that was one of the, the funniest and stupidest moments. But I think they were teen Ku Klux Klan members, and this is why it stood out to me in particular. I wound up having to work with those guys on the show and had to go back and forth in the green room and get them ready. And every time they I would walk into the green room, they would say, like, horrible things. Like, it, just, it was just, like, the worst. I'm like, oh, this is my job. I can't believe this is what I have to do and deal with these people. But... Something weird happened with one of the guys in a positive way where when he got home, he had uh, written a letter to one of the uh, head producers and said, I have to say that working with Taha really changed me because I saw how rude and mean all the other guys in the clan were to him when he was coming in and out of the room. And he was just being a gentleman. He was still being so nice about it. And everyone was just, you know, calling him awful names. 
it literally changed me so much that I decided I don't want to be in the Ku Klux Klan anymore. So I actually had an effect on one person for a positive where he said, you know, he quit the Klan. We actually wound up doing another show about that. They flew him back later. Oh, wow. And he and I sat on stage and, you know, we talked and everything about it. But but so, uh, yeah, that was one of the, the lighter, happier moments. But on the flip side, then you got sometimes some of these crazier moments where, there were guests that were so upset about things that were happening to them on stage that they came, they would come sometimes screaming down the hallway looking for the producer. Who's in charge? Where's that Taha guy? And one of the moments, there were a couple of moments where I'm like, I don't know if I want to work in this industry anymore. One of them was when someone was so angry, I had to go running into a bathroom. I literally had to stand on a toilet seat and hide like in a bathroom, hide oh, down. No. The guy's like banging his stall door. I'm like, where's security? Get him in here. But um, th those were some of the moments that had that, you know, some were positives, but most of them, you know, some of them were a little kind of on the wild side. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me. So that wound up leading me into the next area, which is I wanted to do more positive shows. And I um, I left Sally and there was an opportunity to come out to Los Angeles to work on the Donnie and Marie show. Donnie and Marie, for people who don't know, you could probably fill them in. On I the love Donnie and Marie. You guys, everybody knows who Donnie and Marie is now because they've both been on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah, that's why. That's right. I saw their Christmas show at the Pantages three years ago. Did you? It was so fucking good. Was it? Yeah. Uh, they're amazing. I loved Donnie and Marie working with them, but, I mean, this was their second, you know, the second time in the world of television, so they were seasoned professionals. I have to say, of all the people that I worked with, they were the most professional. They were always, like, they were great to work with. And even Donnie and I hit it off so well that at one point he was like, you know what, one day I might come with you to that Abbey bar that you've oh, talked about. I wish he would. <laughs> what, could you imagine? Oh. I walk into the Abbey with Donnie Osmond. I'm like, look who I'm here with. But, oh, but, um, people would lose their minds. They would have gone crazy. They'd be so happy. <laughs> yeah. oh. But I worked for that show. Um, as uh, I moved out here. Actually, it was one of those tragic LA stories because initially the real reason I had moved out to LA was Keenan Ivory Wayans um, had a talk show that was supposed to start so I was told like hey it's all set get out to LA and you know you start on Monday start on Monday yeah. well it was canceled literally the day before my flight oh no uh, leaving New York so I'm like oh my god what do I do I have no idea the producer was so nice who was a part of Keenan Ivory Wayne's that she actually said, you know what, if I get onto another show, I'm going to help you. So the first like two or three weeks out in LA, I was like, I'm going to be jobless. I don't know what to do. She called and said, I'm going on to the Donnie and Marie show. There's something available. If you're interested, come on board. And I wound up working on that. And that oh, was fabulous. A, that was, it was great because it was all like a sort of sit down interview with celebrities and yeah, things. Yeah, so, so, and we were talking earlier yeah. for the audience, like when you deal with conflict resolution shows, yeah. which would be your Dr. Phil's, your Sally Jesse Raphael's, those types of shows, right. um, you're dealing with real people yeah. and real issues, and it's very difficult, and the hours are insane. Insane. No. When you work on Danny Marie, which was celebrity sit-down chitty chat. Completely different. It's normal hours because you're working with publicists and agents and, you know, the, the people that you're interviewing have normal hours. It's not like I'm trying to reach, like, you know, uh, out-of-control teen when she gets home at 2 a.m. in the morning to fly out to be on Sally. This is, like, you know, normal people. Like, actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive, like, Britney Spears was one of our early guests. It was before her career really took off. So oh, wow. we, we had like a lot of like cool up and comers, up and, up and coming people. And, and it was fantastic. And, and working with the celebrities was different and polished. And it was nice. I mean, there's a whole different uh, 
kind of stress you deal with with working with the celebrities and and you know making sure that it's to their liking and everything is all set up so there there's two different worlds of stress with it but but it definitely, you know, this was much better than, than, than the talk show world. It's, it was not as crazy. Was there another competing celebrity-driven daytime talk show when Donnie Marie was on? Because I think if they were on now, they'd be competing against Ellen, and you'd be fighting over guests. Yeah, you'd probably be in that world with it. I, I can't remember. I'm blanking on who the competing celebrity sit down I know, I'm thinking too, and I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah, and I should know that because it was probably someone we're fighting for guests with. But I, I can't think of who it was. But maybe, they, maybe you weren't. You know, maybe, maybe... Yeah, maybe they were one of the early ones. I think there were a couple. There feels like there was some other person at that time that, that had something that was... Was it Bonnie Hunt? Remember Bonnie Hunt had a talk show? I think she was around at that time, too. Mm-hmm. And who was the one? There was a... Oh, God. Uh, now... I, 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 uh, uh, Here's I, the thing, you guys. Taha and I have worked in TV for so long that everything's a blur. It is. It's all like blurring. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember. I can barely remember who the people were. I, 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 yeah. I can't remember anything. Yeah. Um, so after Donnie Marie, then you got to work on an icon, another iconic person. Not necessarily the show wasn't necessarily iconic, but he is. Richard Simmons. Hello. Yeah. Dylan Neal, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he was insane like uh, not insane i mean i shouldn't say insane but insanely insane in a good way insanely in a good way like i really really liked richard a lot like working with him he was so funny and the energy level that you see with him it was like that like from the crack of dawn in the morning to the evening he is on 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 and so like he would just sing all the time we'd have a lot of meetings sometimes even up at his house um not a lot but occasionally we'd have meetings there and and he's just the, he was so polite but but fun and energetic so he was he was a good one to work with but did, when did, wasn't that show produced in vegas Didn't no you no it was uh it oh, was, was actually, la it was in la oh. yeah right near uh gower was it gower? oh sunset gower sunset studios, gower studios. Or sunset bronson studios uh, sun, uh i think it was gower gower was the one that's right next to gower gulch where there's like a starbucks and yes exactly okay, so yeah. Sunset yeah, gower, yeah, yeah 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 right there okay. so it was produced right there so we did like a lot of things but but he would he was so emotional and this is one of the funny things with him like sometimes we would do shows that were sort of helping someone who was like ill like a child with you know cancer or something like that but like some make a wish make a wish type show that was literally the whole concept but richard would get so emotional sometimes during those shows that like the the kid with cancer is like consoling him <laughs> i'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Richard. Like God, he, he's crying hysterically on stage. <laughs> but he was—he had such a hard goal. That's why he took it so personally. But but he really wa- he really was fantastic to work with. But when he was down, when he was sad, you really you did see it. Like he he was either up 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 super high or like he was really you know kind of sad. Like if 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 someone was you know in right pain. feeling bad. Yeah. yeah yeah he cared for people so much. But that was that was a crazy and and fun world to, to work in as well. That's so fun. So what's interesting? What I find interesting about the trajectory of your career is you started in talk conflict resolution then you got lighter and lighter fare in talk and now you work in home renovation shows yeah it's uh uh hgtv and it's um i I started working it was actually a a production company that uh, that did like uh, a number of shows but but the the genre now that i'm I'm in i've sort of segued into uh house hunters and and the, the house hunter renovation world um, it, I think it's sort of just, it sort of naturally took its path by, part of it is, that, you know, as you know, in this industry, it's, you know, people that you've worked with for a while. So someone will go on to another show and, and they just and bring you on you because they like your energy. They either have, yeah, I like working with you or I think, um, at that time, 
sort of, I think it was right after Richard Simmons, I had worked for a short time for a show called Smart Solutions, and it was uh, a show with, it sort of gave you tips on, on how to, to make over your house or, or how to cook a meal. Like, it was little things, like if you don't want your bacon to curl, like use t- a toothpick to hold it down and this get like just little things like that but but um that was like stuff that we would now look up on Pinterest exactly everything that you basically (laughs) look up (laughs) easily now but that that show was a HGTV show so I think because I had that in my back as my background it it helped moving on to these type of shows but but I love it the 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 one that I work on now is fantastic so okay so I want to ask about about that because First off, do you judge people's renovation? Like, like, do you have a different eye, a different a- aesthetic I, eye for things now after working on home I, reno? I think I do. I actually like you can tell the dif- difference between good taste and bad taste. And just for for the viewers, I don't know what's happening all over the country, but I can tell you what's happening in Los Angeles. Right, apartments that are getting made over are made over into disgusting units. It's the ugly granite countertop, yeah. the same gra- yeah. with the ugly wood, nasty yeah. ass. I mean, yeah. honestly. And, and, and that's funny because this is this has become sort of a conversation even with uh, friends and coworkers or whatever, but but you see certain trends. Like, I definitely see distinct trends and it's like everyone wants sh- white shaker cabinets and granite countertops. And, and subway and, tiles. Yeah, subway tiles. Like, there's a style and trend that is very popular and, you know, I... I, I, I don't know if it's it's good or bad. I, I mean, it looks clean and nice, so so I do like it. But but uh, I definitely see more and more of that. So it's nice now when I occasionally see people who do something a little different. So to sort sort of answer your question, I I do judge that style. Like I'll walk into someone's house, I'm like, oh, basic. It's nice. <laughs> you know, they did a good job with it. But then if I see something a little different, I'm like, oh, great. They're cutting edge. They they're doing something a little bit different than what everyone else is. But right. Yeah. And and yeah. I I I, I but. It's good. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so, I mean, the people who watch these HGTV shows are insane. I mean, they're, they're not insane. They're crazy about the show. They're like, crazy they about just, the show. They are crazy they about the show. They love it. And I have to say, I of all the shows that I have worked on, you know, we've just touched on a few of them. I've never ha- worked on a show that is so popular with people. Like, people love the House Hunters shows so much. Like, I've never seen one episode, Taha. Not I don't one. understand that. And we've been friends all this time, and you haven't? We, we, I don't watch HGTV. I don't give a shit. Okay, well, one day I'm going to sit you down, and we're going to watch one together. But, <laughs> but, yeah, no, people love it. And every so often... I'll mention it like either at like a dinner party or, or like on a flight or something. And you would think I just said like, oh, I'm related to Barack Obama. I mean, people, <laughs> oh, my God, I used to think they get so over the top and excited. And I love it. Like, you know, it makes you feel good that you're working on something that people enjoy and, and, and love so much. But but it really they are super popular. They lose their minds over it. They love it. There was only one. It wasn't even a home reno show, and I can't even remember the name of the show. It's aha, but it used to air on either A and E or it might have been HGTV. Okay, and I think it was a Canadian production because the host, who was adorable, uh. she had that weird about the oh host. the about yeah, yeah that yeah. weird <laughs> shit going on. But it was a show about staging. Oh, I think it was called sell this house or something like that okay and it was about staging so you would go in and she'd go oh they're trying to sell this house it's been on the market for eight months and they're not getting any bites let's see what we can we do, can to, do help to help them. you gotcha and then they would stage it and the house would sell like in like 20 seconds uh, yeah yeah it was so uh, that show i love that you I, would love yeah. yeah well if you like that then you probably would like a lot of the other i don't think i would no <laughs> <laughs> i just want to go to the after the only like transformational shows i really like are um Intervention. Okay. And Biggest Loser. 
Because, oh, yeah. I like I, watching I, fat people I, I get do, skinny. I do like that, too. Yeah. You're like, and I like to eat while I watch. I know. Then weird. I watch. <laughs> <laughs> they're sweating away. You're like, oh, pass the popcorn. Yeah, I know. Totally. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> let me have some more chocolate. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. All right. Well, this has been so much fun, Taha. I, I want to do the spree- speed round. Oh, I would love to. Okay. Uh, audience, I don't do the speed round with everybody. I only do it with colleagues Uh-oh. who have worked in similar genres because... Uh, I think my stories are crazier than anyone else's. So, okay, um, you actually might be someone who will say yes to some of these questions. I haven't had it yet. Oh, okay, all right. So I'm going to ask you one, think. two, three, four. Okay, I'm going to ask you four questions. Got it. You can only answer yes or no. Just a yes or no. Got it. Okay. okay. Ready? Has anyone ever thrown dog food at you after a show? <laughs> Not dog food, no. Okay. Have you ever had to ask a host? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you ever ha- had to ask a host? Oh, wait, let me let me take that back. Let me start over again. Have you ever had to ask a guest to go back to their dressing room because they were high on Oxycontin? Yeah. <laughs> that might be, uh, sadly, that's a yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Has any of you, have any of your guests ever done a James Brown impression on the set? No. Okay. Have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever had a guest on your show who pulled their front tooth out with a pair of pliers? <laughs> no, okay. but the fact that you've seen that is priceless. Oh, yeah, it was kind of a nightmare, especially the guy who threw the dog food at me. Wow. I could smell Alpo in the hallway, and I opened the door, and there was dog food everywhere. Wow. <laughs> anyway, everybody, <laughs> you're the first person that answered yes to a question. Yeah, and to clarify, I'm not sure if it was Oxycontin, but it was definitely something in that genre. Oh, my guest just came out and said, I took some Oxy, so Oxy, so I, and I went, Oxycontin? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I love it. That's crazy. <laughs> so I had to get on the radio, and I was like, uh, Sharon, Sharon for James? Uh, we have a problem. Can you come downstairs, please? <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, the world of talk that no most people can't relate to this. They don't know. No. I mean, I'm glad there aren't so many conflict resolution shows on the air anymore. I know. We got to work on getting those back because they're yeah, good. I know, but I don't want to work on. Oh them. yeah, no, I don't want to work on them. I want to watch them, but no. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I'm, I would love to see a Morton Downey Jr. show Which, come back. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh. But I mean, because it's all comedy and it's just stupid. Yeah. And it's, you know yeah. what I mean? No, I, I do. I, I did like watching those. But yeah, but wouldn't work on them. You couldn't pay me enough now. No way, man. No way. Well, thank you so much. And uh, if so, uh, the show that you work on now is House Hunters Renovations. So when you see Taha House in the credits, you just heard his voice here on our show. You'll know. Yeah, not to be confused with the other Taha House. Oh wait, there's, there's only, only one. one. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being Thanks, on the Sharon. show. This is great. Take care.